Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good morning, everybody. Steve Splonskowski here coming to you live from Abbey of the Hills in Marvin, South Dakota. And I'm coasting today with Deacon Paul Trinan. Good morning, Deacon. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing today? What a blessing to be here. Yes, yeah. it's great to be here with you, too. It was raining a little bit earlier, Deacon, and uh, you were here, maybe you're hearing the bells in the background. You're going to hear those every 15 minutes here at Abbey of the Hills in Marvin, South Dakota, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, but we got a, a wonderful show lined up for you folks today, and we hope that you'll stick with us and uh, journey with us mm. during this Real Presence Live show. Um, we're going to give you a, a quick update here in a minute, but this is a first, many firsts this morning. Um, as you know, it's July 1st, so there's our first first. first um, and this is our first time hosting from Abbey of the Hills in Marvin, South Dakota. Also later, you're going to hear our first segment of Honor Our Fathers, which we'll talk about a little later. And coming up this week, there's going to be a number of very exciting segments as we go Monday through Friday, Real Presence Live across the whole network. So folks, thanks for tuning in and thank you for your feedback at uh, yourcatholicradiostation.com. But before we go any further, Aaron, what do we have coming up for today? Thank you very much, Steve. Coming up on the show today, we have Dr. Marcy Moran from the Catholic Family Services talking about healing and hope while grieving the loss of a loved one due to homicide. We'll also have Father Michael Wensing during our Straight Talk segment. Then coming up in the second hour, we'll have Bridget Klusner of the Seventh Sisters Apostolate to talk about praying for a specific intention. We'll hear more about that. Then in the second hour, we will have Shauna Hansen here to talk about the Ambassadors for Christ. And finally, we'll have Father Brandon Wolf to talk about being newly ordained to the priesthood. All is coming up here on Real Presence Live. Right back to you guys. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate that. Aaron's manning the board back there in Fargo, and Brandon's sitting across the table from me. Got this all set up for us. He and I drove down this morning to Marvin. And uh, before we go any further, Deacon, why don't you, uh, let's start in prayer. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, yeah. the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask your Holy Spirit to come down upon us here in Marvin at the Abbey and uh, across these airwaves that your holy will may be done, um, that your merciful heart may be felt and heard and proclaimed, and that... Um, what we do today gives you honor and glory and helps us to love our neighbor as ourselves. We pray this through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, and in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, Deacon, tell us a little bit about yourself. We've got a couple minutes here before we visit with Dr. Marcy Moran. You're a deacon in the Diocese of New Ulm. Yeah, and picture, picture if you would, Steve, a professional radio announcer. That's not me, okay? <laughs> That's not me. And, and I find it quite ironic and actually quite humorous that I'm here right now. But I am. Yeah, I've been ordained uh, seven years. I've been blessed. It's, it's one of those things that that's, most things in the world are oversold and underdelivered. Being a deacon is undersold, and it's overdelivered in the joys and, and uh, just the, the meaning of my life, the fabric and the meaning of my life. 
in, in being a deacon. So I'm blessed to do that. I've done that in my area faith communities of, uh, of Madison and Ortonville, Graceville and Rosen, Minnesota in the New Ulm Diocese. But I work over here in the Sioux Falls Diocese in, uh, as, as the director, the executive director of the Abbey of the Hills. I've been doing that for about five years. So, yeah, and so it's funny. I, I was talking to Steve before we started, and I said, this is actually the second time we've done that. And he remembered once he traveled two hours to, to Sioux Falls. I traveled two hours down to Sioux Falls so we could be on the radio station. That's right. At 7 a.m. Yep. And your son was there. Yes. And, I think uh, Gregory was there. with or we, No, Stefan was with me that time. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And then there, there was some other... Um, I remember uh, there was a couple other guys that were there. I think uh, Mr. Klein from down there, um, and then yep. um, and then uh, Matt Altoff was there with his yep. two daughters. They were gonna, right. they were heading to to pray the rosary or something beforehand. But there was yep. that uh, the chancellor down there. It was just a beautiful morning. Yeah, so. they let us in prayer. That was our first live drive, yeah. um, and that was last spring. So just a little little more than a year ago. And uh, so here we are again. Yeah. And uh, we're hoping that we'll be coming to you live, folks, from Abbey of the Hills on a regular basis. What is it, Brandon? Uh, once a quarter, we'll be coming to you live. Uh, next time you hear us here, it'll probably be Heather hosting with mm-hmm. Deacon Trinan. Um, and uh, so great to be with you. We're going to, uh, uh, folks, we're going to turn now to a conversation um, that's going to be a little more serious. And, uh, and we're going to talk with Dr. Mar- Marcy Moran a little bit about grieving the loss of a loved one due to homicide. Good morning, Dr. Moran. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. So let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, actually, let's, let's, let's start here. You, so you are the clinical director of the Catholic Family Services in Sioux Falls. Uh, what, is this, the, what does this entail? Well, it entails the fact that we operate a small mental health center, and then we've also established a grief center. So we have a lot of programs for people who are grieving a loss of some type. And some of them are actually six weeks in time or longer. Some of them are groups, some are individual, kind of, de- kind of depending on the, the needs of the person. Dr. Moran, this is Deacon Paul Trinan at the Abbey, and I know you've been up here and you've done grieving outreaches to, to, to try to interact yeah. with people throughout the diocese. This is a little bit more stronger than an average grief uh, I don't want to say retreat, but a, a program. It's it's yes. it's due it's due to the loss of a loved one from homicide. How did that right. come about? How did how did you say boldly, we need to do this? Well, it sort of started out with um, people calling our agency. First of all, wanting programs for loved ones who had ended their life from suicide. And so we began that program first. It filled up quickly, believe it or not, and um, continues to be full. And then we have had calls and requests for a program for loved ones who've lost someone to homicide. And we put worked and put that program together. I wasn't expecting too many to that. Yeah. But the first year we had five, and now this year we have ten people participants in that program. So I think it's one that we will continue to offer as there seems to be more individuals affected by a crime like that. Well, there's different stages of grief. Uh, even in 
the least egregious way to die uh, through natural means. But in a homicide, there must be even more unique stages of grief. Can you describe some of the uniquenesses of a a homicide death and the grieving processes? One of the things that surprised me the first time was how the anger, the depth of the anger that they have, that doesn't seem to go away. Um, Sometimes in normal, when we lose a loved one to cancer or another illness, we sort of work that through. But when the when your loved one has been murdered, it's like, how dare someone take that life of an individual, of my loved one? How dare they do that? And their anger is severe, and to the point that we've worried that they threaten to go to the courtroom and, and shoot the person or <clears throat> do something back to them. But the anger is intense, as well as the fear. They fear for other members of their family. They fear for themselves. Sometimes it's really not um, any fear that's based on anything, but their emotions are even more heightened than what I've seen with other individuals who are who are grieving. Absolutely, and, and so Dr. Moran, we, you know, when it, I know for myself, and a lot of times with grief, we kind of like have the sense of, well, I just got to get over it. Um, I need to move on. But there is actually a process to grieving. Can you talk to us a little bit about that grieving process? Certainly. Um, when their feelings are strong, you know, they need to express them, they need to get them validated, they need to have people listen to them over and over, and then they start to move on to, how could I memorialize my loved one? What are some of the things I could do to remember him or her? Uh, How do I pray about them, and, and where do I talk to them again? And sometimes it's at church and at cemetery. But with homicide, it seems to go on for a long, long time because they carry this anger up through the trial and through the sentencing, and sometimes hearings are postponed, and it could go on for years. And I've had several individuals in private grief counseling which has been two or three years, and the case has still not been settled. Hmm. And until it's settled, they don't begin to process through the feelings and the emotions like they they should. It, it's a serious trauma. It's more serious than other losses. So, well, Dr. Moran, how does that, you, you, you have a six-week program through Catholic Family Services. Explain mm-hmm. how the Catholicity of that program comes out versus oh, let's just say a secular program that wouldn't have mm-hmm. a Catholic identity or have Catholic base to it. What separates those from each other? Well, we start out with um, general knowledge and information about grief, what, what they could expect, the manifestations of grief. And then we thread in the spiritual aspect by having a priest or a member of the clergy speak one evening on the spiritual aspects of grieving. And then we use that to kind of be part of our continuation with the grieving process. And we move on to being able to identify the reality of the loss and look at how significant it is to them, how it changes them, what they can do for themselves, 
to heal themselves and their family members. And oftentimes that has to do with spiritual aspects. We are very ecumenical, so at times I do have individuals in that program who are not religious, who do not have a religion. And um, it's more difficult for them because they they don't understand how that works. And sometimes they're willing to do some individual counseling with a, a priest or a deacon. We're visiting right now with uh, Dr. Marcy Moran talking about the grieving process, but especially the grieving process due to homicide. Steve Splonskowski here along with Deacon Paul Trinan. We're coming to you live from Abbey of the Hills in Marvin, South Dakota. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> Dr. Marcy, the, Dr. Moran, it's, uh, uh, you're talking, you were talking recently here just about how, the, you know, the, the process, the grieving process really gets extended because there's no closure with, uh, with this, uh, you know, these, the situation with homicide is going through the courts. And so it's probably even in the public sphere and it's coming up and there's no, there's, there's no justice yet, I suppose. And maybe even in some right. cases they're really, the, the family members really feel there is no justice. Um, is, exactly there, right. mm-hmm. is there a movement at some point? Is there kind of a movement towards trying to understand mercy um, and, and that in, in this process? Well, at some, for some individuals, I think that works, not necessarily for everyone. I remember a young man whose son was shot to death in in a car, and he could not get past the anger and the guilt that he felt himself for letting his son go out that evening, Mm -hmm. and the anger that he had for this other person who shot him just um, instantly for no reason at all, or seemed like no reason at all. And one of the problems, I think, is that they they get stuck in this anger phase and this wanting to punish the other person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our spiritual part of our program helps them with that forgiveness kind of thing. It, it, it's like they're re-traumatized again than when the person is not sentenced to a long jail time. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. then they're angry about that again. But if we can help them to find some some way to remember them. You know, we never talk about closure in a program like that. We talk about adjustment. And our goal is to help them adjust to this change, the loss of their loved one, <clears throat> the traumatic loss of their loved one. Mm. And we help them actually do trauma counseling with them at this point because it's such a serious, serious injury to their self-esteem and to their their whole way of life. If somebody, Dr. Moran, if somebody, you know, I always think, even as a deacon myself, I've come across families that have lost loved ones for sure, and even through suicide, but I've never experienced that in a homicide. I'm more rural than maybe you are down in the Sioux Falls area, but still, that unfortunately doesn't have boundaries. How do you, would you say to somebody, a layperson, to respond to uh, someone who's had that in, uh, happen in their family, and how to how to how to love them through that or help them, what would you recommend? Well, I know that sometimes we have worked with individuals when they get through the final parts of the grieving process, which is understanding uh, all of human nature and understanding how it can work sometimes in certain situations. Mm-hmm. and being able to forgive in spite of 
how traumatized they are. Uh, it might be a, a, a step towards, towards adjustment. There are people in this community that I will, will come on the television and scream about their anger yet, but we are never able to get them in our program. I know some individuals for years that have not ever resolved anything. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how you can force them to do that, but it has ruined their lives and the lives of their family members. So it's like, you know, it's a real emotional scar that has to take time. And a lot of education helps them, I think. But sometimes um, the, the spiritual person and I work close together so that they're able to sometimes vent their emotions um, to him or to her mm-hmm. so they aren't always bringing it to the group, you know, because sometimes other people in the group have moved a little further along. Excellent. And we don't want to pull them back. Well, uh, Dr. Moran, thank you so much for being on with us this morning. We want to uh, yeah. call everybody's attention to this this uh, uh, retreat that's coming up. It's a grieving a loss of a homicide um, in a six-week program beginning June 4th. Um, well, actually, yeah, in 20... Oh, actually, it's already begun. Yeah. Um, we're we're and, moving through it now. Yep, right. we're moving through mm-hmm. it now. Can people still join you, Dr. Moran, or is it kind of in the process? Well, it's a closed group. Yeah, okay, it's a closed group. when we get started, we... We have certain goals with the process that okay. it's too hard to catch people up. But yeah, absolutely. We so always wh- have in individual and family counseling available, too. Absolutely. So they can always start out in an individual basis. Wonderful. So let's keep those folks in prayer who are going through this this program right now um, um, and, and join them as family. And for more information, you can visit sfcatholic.org. Dr. Moran, thank you for being with us this morning. You're very welcome. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, We're looking forward to having you back again. Dr. Moran, coming up next, do you have a question about the faith or anything about the world around us? Get those questions ready for the Straight Talk segment, and later hear about a beautiful lay apostolate in the Winona, Rochester area. All this and more right here on Real Presence Live. We'll be back right on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 